Microsoft put the nail in the UWP coffin, Xbox is getting a new dashboard, and you've got a lot of questions. What's up, everybody? Brad here, and it is the end of January. The month is over. We are one twelfth of the way through the year 2020, and uh, we are steamrolling towards Build E3 and all that other good stuff that is happening. Uh, but this week, there was a lot of a lot of conversations, a lot of things going on. But two things uh, I do want to point out real quick is that Microsoft and Apple reported earnings. Microsoft reported that they had 11.6 billion in net income on 36.9 billion of revenue. Overall, a very healthy for quarter uh, quarter for Microsoft across the board, minus Xbox, which struggled a little bit. Did a video and wrote up, wrote up some stuff earlier this week, and go, you can go check that out on the channel. Um, but yeah, overall, Surface nearly a $2 billion business, looking pretty healthy. Azure continued to grow very well, and same with Office, sort of the core pillars of Microsoft are just are, are healthy. They had a nice bump in revenue from OEMs, uh, primarily based on the end of Windows 7, and we know that Windows 10 uh, PCs were sales were up in the last year, primarily again because Windows 7 reached end of life. Companies and people are going out and buying Windows 10 PCs, all helping the Microsoft make a little bit more money. Uh, Apple also reported this week uh, earnings, and it's just a staggering statistic of 91.8 billion in revenue, 22.2 uh, billion in net income. That is how much money Apple has in the bank after it pays all of its bills. Just a staggering amount of money that Apple is continuing to bring in quarter after quarter. Now, obviously next quarter won't be anywhere near that. That's this accounts for the holiday shopping season, but overall Microsoft and Apple looking extremely healthy, extremely healthy. Things that aren't looking so healthy right now is Microsoft's UWP platform. I know I've talked about it for a while that, hey, it's on its way out. You can say whatever you want, um, but hey, it is going to be leaving. Microsoft is just not putting focus on it like they had in previous years. And now we are starting to really truly see that it is not only dead, but Microsoft is taking away how developers are making money. They are going to be officially shutting down the ad monetization platform uh, in 2020 around July 1st. And so, yeah, if you are dependent on making money through the Microsoft store through ads, you are pretty much out of luck here. There are some third-party options that you can roll with, but if Microsoft isn't supporting it through ads, you can, the, the ship has sailed and it's going to be impacting a lot of developers here. And the, and the worst part about this is, is it's not impacting like the big companies, companies like Spotify or people who have subscription services that offers application through the store. Not so big of a deal. It's this independent developers who took a bet on the Microsoft store early and built applications using this model. And now if they had a successful app and it was making any money, uh, well, starting this later this year, they're not going to be making any money from it. And so it's just another step for Microsoft, like, once again, moving away from UWP as being a priority or even being a focus at all. They've moved the goalpost, but I can't I can't honestly recommend or understand why anybody would be building a UWP application at this time, as opposed to a more traditional Windows application, because the discoverability through the store can't be all that great anymore. And, you know, there you go. So if you were thinking the UWP was going to be something big and there's going to have a big resurgence, it doesn't seem that way, which is odd because Microsoft is launching a device later this year, the Neo, which could make use of that stuff. But clearly they have some other expectations or ideas about how they are going to promote that product and all that good stuff. Other things happening in the world. Uh, Google actually, they didn't announce it, but it came from the information that Google is effectively building a new chat application. I know you've probably already heard this by now, but chats, Google loves chats. We know that. And so here we are yet again with Google talking about chat applications. 
and I do want to point one thing out here. So Google is a big player in the productivity market, obviously not nearly as big as Office 365, but they do build a G Suite, which is used by a lot of companies. I don't think it's necessarily a bad product, but what they don't have is a great integrated messaging service. They have a lot of different things, um, but one of the primary reasons that Slack exists is because Google's chat service is one, they, they get birthed and killed in record fashion. And Slack has just sort of been this stable, really well done communication tool, and Slack has been more, in my opinion, built off of the lack of success of G Suite's chat application. So as Google builds this up, people are saying, hey, it's going to harm Teams. I don't think Google's new integrated chat messaging for services for business is going to hurt Teams. I think it's going to be a Slack competitor. And uh, yeah, so be on the lookout for that. It's expected to launch or at least be announced this year, potentially at Google I.O., which happens in the springtime. But there you go. There's a quick wrap up of the tech highlights of the week. Um, in the gaming world, Xbox launched a new bug bounty program. And it, you got to be careful here because it is Xbox related um, and it offers rewards of 500 up to $20,000 or potentially more depending on what you find. But it's only targeting the Xbox Live network and services and does not include denial of service attacks so if you've got your uh you know your little ip sniffers out there or your packet sniffers i should say and you can find a way to crack the xbox live service microsoft will pay you if you tell them how you did it also a new xbox update has been announced that is going to be coming out or at least they're testing it with all the insiders but i believe this is going to roll out to everybody with a new dashboard experience which sounds familiar because it feels like microsoft revamps their dashboard all the time but here we are, they're gonna do it again. It's a more streamlined experience. It looks better, it's more responsive, and it's supposed to be faster, which is always a good thing because we all know that the lag on the Xbox Live dashboard, or Xbox dashboard, I should say, it can be a little bit annoying at times. And so anything to improve the optimization of that is going to be a welcomed update. Um, also in the gaming world, Nintendo said, Nintendo officially said they're not going to be launching a new Switch this year or a more powerful one. Although that does pique my interest a little bit because I'm tempted to pick one of those things up still. But uh, it looks like that is not going to be launching this year. So if you buy hardware now, you know that you've got a good year of use out of it before it'll be superseded by additional hardware from that company. So we got a bunch of questions this week. Let's just dive in here. I'm going to expand them up and I always tweet that link out. So make sure to follow along and then you can get in on the action. First question comes from Yoshi. It says, I know it's the end of a generation, but it's still concerning to see how low the numbers for Xbox four reported this week in its earnings. Do you think Xbox fans should be nervous that Microsoft may ditch this business? Or do you see game pass being lucrative enough for Microsoft to, Microsoft to keep gaming and the Xbox brands alive? So he, He's got a point here, right? Xbox sales weren't great, but it is also the end of generation. Here's the thing that Microsoft is looking for in Xbox right now. Game Pass subscriptions. That is that is the benchmark that makes sense, right? It's not going to be selling next generation consoles. It's going to be how many people can they get into live, Game Pass, and xCloud. That is Microsoft's long-tailed future for the Xbox business. And that is the metric that makes sense for Microsoft. And they also announced this week that, that the game, they said, I think, I believe they said Game Pass subscriptions had doubled but they definitely saw good growth in Game Pass. And that is what Microsoft is concerned about because they can they can stomach the losses on the hardware for a while. That is not a problem. They made $11 billion in revenue. But what they need to do is get people into that very, very lucrative software as a service business model that Microsoft so loves, which is Game Pass and xCloud. So that's what we need to be keeping an eye on. Uh, Dataminer49 says, Hi Brad, I was wondering if there's any news on Microsoft's hybrid solution to game streaming, which may have been related to uh, out of time and some other things. It seems... Once Microsoft releasing, starts releasing next-gen exclusives, they may give Xbox One owners the option to stream them using local hardware to cut down on latency bandwidth usage. It's a very good point here. So at some point in the future, we don't know when, and we know it's not going to be initial launch titles, at least not yet, there will be titles that will not run very well or at all on the current Xbox hardware, right? But what, how can Microsoft work 
in the, that hardware because they don't want to lose those customers because again they want people in game pass they could allow streaming right you could do xcloud on an xbox one x just fine and you can imagine that microsoft could make that experience just a little bit better than say hey on a phone or some other device and so that is how microsoft is going to open the door to X xbox xbox exclusive for next gen to older hardware it's going to be through cloud streaming right we already know that they go to game pass uh, on day one they will eventually more than likely go to game pass and xcloud on day one that way they are available everywhere and so to dive a little deeper into his question i've microsoft has some technology where they can allow um processing and some variable inputs on the local hardware in conjunction with the streaming technology to give you a better experience we haven't I don't, to my knowledge, we haven't seen all of this play out yet. And so we're still waiting to see on how some of that shakes out. Uh, Wabaggerly says, hi, Brad, hope you're having a spectacular day. I hope you are too. I was curious if you had the opportunity to test the new edge beta for ARM64 on your Surface Pro X. If so, what are your thoughts so far? Um, yeah, so I have, it's actually right here. Uh, right here. I, I use this thing frequently actually at home um, when I'm just kind of sitting at, around lunchtime and just walking around and not sitting upstairs with my PC. Uh, this is my preferred mobile device is the Surface Pro X with the arm. And I have a little on there and it is better. It, it makes things better. Chrome worked and it was fine. Um, but once you get that arm native application, it works that much better. I still really like the Pro X. It's a very good machine. It looks great. Excellent battery life. The one thing that's nice and, and the new Pro 7 does this as well. But obviously built in LTE, but the nice thing is you can pick it up at any point and you know you're going to have battery life right where you left it off. You don't have to worry about that phantom draining that you do on a lot of different Surface products. So um, I would, the, the question becomes is should you go out and spend roughly $1,200 on this device? It's still a tough tough pill to swallow when you say should you spend $1,200 on this or the Pro 7. The Pro 7, you will get more bang for your buck. You The reason why you buy the Pro X is that one, you need LTE connectivity. If that is a priority, then I would recommend the Pro X. If you were looking for just a general purpose device, I think you might have more fun and get more mileage out of a Pro 7 than you would a Pro X, but the Pro X looks great. Um, although if you wait, I believe until this re refresh of the Pro, what we known as a Pro 8, I think it'll look closer to the Pro X. So keep that in mind. Uh, hi, Brad. Uh, let's see. In your opinion, do you see either Neo or Duo outpacing the other? Uh, maybe we see them as complementary. I could see the Android app support being a huge plus on the smaller device. I agree. Is either device going to be dockable? Mm, good question. Uh, will they allow multi-external screen support or casting or other? If so, uh, is the version of Windows 10 on Neo going to be feature-rich enough to be a desktop replacement? These are all really good questions. As opposed to the dockable question brings up an interesting point. I think we might see potentially some dock updates in the spring. I'm not not fully locked in on this yet, but I've heard some whispers that Microsoft is doing some stuff around their docs. And so let's 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 punt that question until the spring event, which I believe is still happening, uh, where Microsoft will announce their Surface Book 3. As for which device do I think will sell better, I think it's the cheaper of the devices, honestly, going to sell the more volume, which I believe would be the Duo. It also looks like the Duo is much further along than the Neo because we've already got the SDK for the Duo. We do not for the Neo. Obviously, the Neo is running uh, Windows Core OS or Windows 10X, I believe, and we haven't really seen much of anything. I'm hoping that at build this year, we will finally get some details about what is going on with Windows 10X. Uh, but for now, Microsoft has remained pretty dang quiet. But I honestly think that the, the Neo is going to be a pretty expensive device. I really, really do. I really do. 
Uh, Redstar92 says, Brad, I hope you are well. Rich Woods mentioned that there may be a new Kindle Windows 10 app in the making. Anything you've heard about that? Any updates on xCloud on Windows? Um, I haven't heard anything specifically about a Kindle app um, coming to the store. Actually, I don't even use the Kindle app. That's I, I don't really use Kindles in general. Personally, I prefer to read a paper book if I'm going to read a book. Um, so I don't know about that. xCloud on Windows, I know it's happening, but we have not heard anything. I think the priority right now is... Uh, pretty heavily focused on getting the iOS app up to speed. It's still still got some teething issues um, going on, but hopefully they will get those bugs ironed out. Usman says, the major reason, reason for purchasing the Elite and Elite V2 controllers were because the paddles, and it was a first party option instead of buying a Scuf controller. Scuf makes, uh, is a third party company that does modified controllers. They're great products if you've never used one. With Sony offering a cost-effective attachment for the DualShock 4 and DualShock 5, having two buttons on the back by default, do you think Microsoft will do something similar that's more value-oriented for the Elite controller? I don't know. I, I, I don't honestly know. This is kind of pure speculation at this point. Personally, I don't really use those paddles on the back. I rarely have them attached, except for sometimes um, when I'm playing a, a racing game. I might use them for, I, I like to use those paddles for shifting. Um, if I'm playing Forza or something like that, that's primarily when I use them, but I don't use them elsewhere. Could Microsoft offer a solution? They could. Are they going to? I don't know because the, the I don't, they would have to do, I guess, via Bluetooth or some sort of connectivity um, because there's not the little, I don't have my controller right here. There's not the little inputs on the back. So they'd have to add that. Um, could they? Sure. Are they going to? I don't quite know. I, I I don't know. It's a good question, though. It's a good question. Uh, Steve Star 88 says, hey, Brad, lots today. All right, let's dive in. Uh, what's the future of the console companion game streaming? I actually get much, much better performance doing that versus Game Pass console streaming. Um, the con I don't think console companion streaming is going away. I don't know why they would take that away. Microsoft's goal is to be able to allow you to stream anywhere at any time and then get the best possible result. What I mean by that is that if you're in your house you and you have an Xbox, streaming from that, you are almost always going to get a better result than streaming from the cloud. So I think the console companion stuff is going to continue to evolve. They've already allowed some in additional insiders into the game streaming uh, console service or application. So I would continue to, ex I, I expect all this stuff to keep going. Uh, thoughts on if we will see a Ryzen 4000 SB in the Surface Book 3 it might be disappointing if Microsoft sticks with only Intel and and four cores. This is a good question. I don't know if we will see an AMD product in the Surface Book 3. I, candidly, I don't know as much about the specs underneath um, as we have seen, as I've known in previous devices, but I'm still digging around, starting to get some more info, and we'll talk about that a bit later. The one thing I will point out is that Microsoft's DGPU model was built around the Intel product line, and it could be a significant up, upheaval of work to get it to work with AMD. It's not it's not quite linear where you can just swap out components and then it just automatically works. There's some drivers and other things that need to go on. Not saying that Microsoft can't do it. And Microsoft has already shown that they work with AMD because this guy right here runs on an AMD processor. So is it possible? Yes, I have not heard specifically if it is. I would expect Microsoft to favor Intel in this because this is their higher performance uh, product line. And as of right now, Intel, Intel, at least in the mobile side for the time being, uh, does have better performance than AMD. Although AMD's upcoming chips do look promising, but we still got to wait and see how that shakes out. Um, so there you go. Uh, Dave says, 
Uh, it was such a treat when Microsoft gave Richard Ledbetter early access to deep dive into the details of the Xbox One X. The nitty gritty details that came to Digital Foundry were simply awesome. Fully agree. Big fan of Richard Ledbetter. Uh, have you heard any rumors on MicroStrategy on how they will reveal the hardware details this time around? So here's here's what I believe is going to happen. Microsoft is waiting anxiously, and Sony is is obviously doing the same thing. Um, about their next generation processors, right? I fully expect that Microsoft will let somebody do a deep dive. Probably Digital Foundry, if they're smart, would make a lot of sense. They will especially do this once they know for sure that they have a higher performance CPU than the uh, the competition, right? That makes a lot of sense. It's perfect marketing. Microsoft's, hey, and all signs point to Microsoft having a higher performance chip at this time than Sony. So at this time, I could see them going a very similar route. But we don't quite know. Marketing stuff is always very dynamic. I mean, they, Phil Spencer has changed things up quite a bit since he has been there. I mean, obviously, they announced the Xbox Series X at the Game Awards back in December. So anything is up for grabs. I would expect them to go a very similar path because I think it worked out pretty well for them last time. Uh, Pogatha says, with Qualcomm having more of a presence in the market, they're introducing a budget pro and and they are introducing budget processors like the 7CX. Apple is already far ahead with their processors. Is Microsoft going to do anything more to be competitive with Apple on this front? More so than the SQ1. How do you think the industry is going to change regarding tablets, uh, regarding laptops and all that with the ARM chips? So um, Microsoft works very closely with Qualcomm to help them do that, but I don't think Microsoft is quite in the pl same place as Apple is to be able to one, uh, manufacture their own chips. While it is called the SQ1, let's be honest, it's just an overclocked uh, Qualcomm chip at this point. Will Microsoft close the gap between what they are doing and Apple? I don't think that's really up to Microsoft. I think it's more on the shoulders of Qualcomm that they need to develop their ARM processes uh, to be comparable or best that of Apple. Apple has um, a lot of things going for it. One, they have, aside from having massive capital, their chips are very specifically designed for a specific product, right? An, an iPhone or a tablet, and it's their own stuff. So they are naturally going to have an advantage when they're only designing for tablet, for an iPad and an iPhone and whatever else they eventually put their ARM chips in. I expect to see an, a laptop at some point. Whereas Qualcomm has to design a chip that works on multi-sizes, multi-products, multi-platforms. So uh, it would be very hard, at least, in the foreseeable future for app for Qualcomm, I should say, to keep besting Apple in that regard. Can they close the performance gap? Absolutely. Can they do that thing, uh, do better battery life over time? Absolutely. But it's going to be just by the nature of you have a closed system versus open system. The open system will always be a laggard at this time, but it's also more flexible, if that makes sense. Kadupa says, uh, why has... Why has Microsoft delayed their Surface earbuds? Are they redesigning them after initial negative options? And the reason I actually heard that they were designed was be, or delayed. If you remember, Microsoft announced the Surface earbuds back in October. Uh, I believe that they were delayed because of software issues. That is what I've heard. Uh, do you have any idea how much the Surface Duo might cost? So the Duo uh, is the smaller one. I would expect it to be at least a thousand bucks. That's that's my hunch. Uh, R.L. Baker says, hey Brad, I'm greetings from Switzerland. And in the continuing the recent bromance with AMD, do you think Microsoft will offer a dual processor type similar to the Surface laptop for the upcoming Surface Book 3, e.g. Intel 13, AMD 15? Interesting. This is the second question. People really want AMD in the Surface Book 3. We'll find out. We will find out. The one thing I can, I would say pretty confidently, if there's a Surface Book line for the business market, it will almost, it will, I can almost guarantee that it will be Intel based. So um, that is one thing here. So uh, Dave asks, he says, 
One, I was originally excited to download the official Microsoft Edge build that was recently released. However, I've had a thought. What is the downside of simply sticking with Edge dev channel? I'm guessing that they sit side by side and I can keep using dev channel without issue. Yeah, so um, actually the release channel, the, the release that they put out uh, two weeks ago, it was actually a pretty old build. They went really, really stable, went really, really conservative. And so what I would do, especially if you're listening to this podcast and you're okay with a, a bug showing up here or there, is I would run the dev channel. Canary, which is the daily, is a little too little too crazy for me. I mean, I need things to work, but I'm okay with dealing minor issues here and there. So you could just stick with the dev, the dev build, and you should be okay for the vast majority of things. Um, and then he also actually says, regarding installing sites as apps with Credge uh, or Edgium or whatever you want to call it, what's the easiest way to migrate all my PWAs installed from uh, developer to production? Does a path exist? I don't think one does exist. The reason why I say that is because as you pointed out previously and correctly, the products sit side by side. They don't, development doesn't ever really graduate to production. Um, it's just always development ring. So I don't believe that there is actually a way to do that. Uh, Thrust Bucket says, using a percent, how certain are you that we will see Lockhart this year? Very good question. Very good question. Um, I keep meaning to try to figure out the details here, but it, it wouldn't behoove Microsoft to launch potentially the Series X and Lockhart at different times. Now, I'm, I have some reasonings to back this up um, and some ballpark information that might allude to that type of a strategy, but you can very much see that Microsoft knows that, hey, the early adopters of the Xbox Series uh, X or S, the next generation Xbox, if there's two of them, are gonna want the high-end stuff. If you're a day one buyer, you're not buying the value brand, you're buying the best there is, and they know that. And so it would make sense that the Series X would launch first. And then later time, they would introduce the value brand or the value version at a later date to, to help boost sales later down the pipeline. So I could very much see that happening. I don't think it would be like they announced they launched the X and then three years we see the S or the Series S. I think they would be you know, a couple months apart, but I don't think that that is too crazy of a launch strategy. Uh, Abranakar says, do you see a future where Microsoft ditches Xbox Live subscription, making it free to play online on Xbox consoles? I ask this because xCloud may change the way Microsoft approaches online play. For example, once xCloud comes out of preview, will I need Xbox Live to play online? Um, this is a question that keeps coming up and up and up and up again, if I keep saying up again. Um, I think you're onto something here. I could see Xbox Live Gold potentially going away, but I don't think it would go away in the way that we think it. I think it would evolve into a new product or SKU line because that would make the most sense. Microsoft had somewhere around 64 to 70 million Xbox Live subscribers and they, they don't want to just give that up, right? That would be crazy and that would, that would be it would be, it's not, that's not going to happen, but they are going to find a way, maybe a rebranding or re shifting to game pass, um, to play your games online or something along that line. Um, as the evolution of Xbox Live Gold that we know today. I very much expect that to happen this year, maybe not so, but in the near future. Uh, Robert Clark says, any rumors on when Surface Book 3 might arrive in the new specs? My book two is two and a half years old now. Yeah, I, it's gonna be this spring. I keep hearing this spring. Uh, so look for a spring event here where the Surface Book 3 will arrive with some, well, the Surface earbuds and some other stuff potentially as well. Uh, Ingormax says, when do you think we'll get official info on Lockhart? Do you know anything new? I know some things, but I'm not quite ready to talk about them yet. I official info on Lockhart, that's a tough one. Maybe, 
see, I, I struggle to say maybe at E3 because I don't, I don't actually know what Microsoft's go-to market strategy is yet for Lockhart. We know that the hardware exists, but they can, they could announce it tomorrow if they really want it. But I don't know what the value of that is. I think they are going to ride the Xbox Series X information as long as they can, and they are going to just keep touting that says, "Hey, this is the best dang thing coming next generation." And they don't even want to, they don't want to pollute those waters with, "Oh yeah, and here's something that's also great, but just not as good." Uh, that kind of takes away from the marketing and messaging about having that most powerful console of the next generation. So. Uh, William Martin says, I promise this will be the last time I ask. You're always free to ask, guys. I don't mind questions. Um, like I always say, it's the best part of my week. Uh, but I'm really eager to know, will Microsoft save everything about Xbox Series X for E3? No, I mean, they've. I don't think, I don't know what else they would save at this point. Um, we already know, I guess they didn't officially announce the ports. I guess that's some stuff. Um, they will definitely talk about the Series X at E3, but I bet we will learn more information about it. And by preview about it before E3. I bet that they have some sort of private briefing or event maybe that talks a little bit more about the, the core components and the performance of it uh, before E3. At least that's kind of what I'm hoping. So there you go, guys. Uh, that wraps it up. Obviously, a lot of fantastic questions this week. Always love the questions. You can always find me on Twitter at BDSams. That's where I kind of post the threads uh, to get all these questions for the podcast. As always, appreciate everybody tuning in. Hit that subscribe button. Catch all of you right back here next time.